everybody. Glad to have you with us today. I hope you're having a good day or a good evening or whenever you get to watch. Uh, we're going to talk about James chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. We may sneak over a little bit into 15 and 16. But let's read those. I'm going to read them from a modified King James Version. Um, Above all things, my brethren... Swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, unless you fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. And is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, when we look at this, actually, uh, verse 14 really is an opening for verses 15 and 16, but we won't get to those today. So, let's start. This is broken down into two sections. The first one's talking about um, swearing. What does that have to do with anything? Well, we're going we're gonna to look at a couple of things. Let's look at Psalm 139, verses 19 and 20. Psalm 139, verses 19 and 20. And here's what it says. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men, for they speak against ye the wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. So, they're talking about the enemies of God are swearing, taking God's name in vain, using it in a haphazard, uh, not a respectful manner. And I can say for for surety, I grew up in a family that swore... um, how would I say it? It was like one guy said, uh, my dad and my uncle uh, were like artists and they used swear words like an artist would use paint and oil and they painted pictures with it. I grew up with that and that's, of course, that's how I learned how to speak. And I have found over the years beyond cigarettes or drugs or anything else that I did, swearing was the one thing that I had the most difficult time with. Um, I know you guys don't, but but I certainly have had problems with that. Um, scripture tells us not to do it. Two kinds of swearing. One, um, where you're cursing. Um, number two is when you make an oath. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 11. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Now, swearing, uh, using God dang and you know all of the other things associated with that, uh, is swearing, and that's what he's talking about. Don't we? 
We just don't do that. Uh, now, uh, I heard one guy saying that I, I guess I didn't pay much attention to it because, you know, there's, sub, there's words that you're swearing, but you substitute them. Uh, instead of saying the actual swear word, you use another word in it. We shouldn't be doing that as well. But this is going to take practice. This is, this, this is not an easy thing for people that have struggled with it. Now, some people, it's no big deal. But other people, uh, it's a difficult thing to learn uh, to change your language. Now, uh, when I got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Lord knocked cigarettes off of me just like that. I was a three-pack-a-day guy, and bam, he took that away right away. Uh, I got healed. Uh, of a number, uh, the night that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I got healed of, of a number of things that were terrible physical problems, and they just went and disappeared overnight. But for me, swearing took a long time, and it and at times, put into the right situation. Uh, I try to pray in the Spirit when I when I get in trouble. I fell off a roof and the EMT guys came to get me and it hurt really bad. And I was praying in tongues every time they moved me instead of swearing. But sometimes it's a problem. So we've got to, we've got to remember what the Scriptures say and, and hold on to those. Now, let's look at uh, Isaiah 37:24. By the servants... By your servants have you reproached the Lord and have said, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and has said, by the multitude of my chariots am I come to the height of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and I will cut down the tall cedars thereof and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the height of this border and the forest of Carmel. Now, what he's doing there is he's making him. He's, he's saying uh, uh, an oath. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, I come to the height of the mountains, and I will cut down the tall cedars thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the height of the border, and the forest of Carmel. In other words, he's saying what he will do. Um, one of the things about swearing an oath that, we, that it's imperative that we understand <coughs> um, is that we make oaths and we do it kind of haphazardly and we don't think anything about it. Um, I had some issues when I was in school, as a, as in, in high school, and I was in a couple of military schools, and uh, things didn't go the way I thought they ought to go. And uh, when certain things happen, I made a vow, I'll never do that again. And I, I made vows like that a number of times. And they've come back to bite me because I've actually set my life in, in line with some bad vows I made. and found out I'd created habits that are hard to, hard to beat because, well, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'll, I won't let that happen anymore. I won't, I, you know, I won't, I won't trust them anymore, that type of thing. And it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. And, I, and you need to avoid that. We'll see some other scriptures here. Let's look at Jeremiah 23, verses 10 and 11. For the land is full of adulterers, 
For because of swearing, the land mourns. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil, and their force is not right. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, says the Lord. So, it's clear there's some physical problems that can, that can occur because of profanity, profane, being profane person, uh, using the Lord's name in vain. Uh, let's touch base with Ezekiel 36, verses 20 and 21. See what Ezekiel's got to say. Verse 20 of Ezekiel 36 says this, And when they entered into the heathen, there they went, they profaned my holy name. And when they said to them, They are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of this land, but I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen where they went. Now, he's saying here that the whole country had profaned the name of the Lord, the house of Israel had profaned the name of the Lord uh, because of the direction that they chose to take uh, with the heathen nations, worshiping their gods and so forth. And God says, don't do that. Now, let's proceed and, and let's look at um, two, new script, two New Testament scriptures. Uh, Matthew 5.33. We'll go to Matthew 5.33 and dig into that. Um, we'll look at that all the way to 37. Again, you've heard it said by them of old, you shall not swear thyself, but shall perform unto the Lord your oaths. But I say to you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither swear by the head, because you can't make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yes or yes, or no and no, for whosoever, or pardon me, for whatsoever is more than this comes of evil. So, um, it's we, we want to make sure when we're dealing with people that we say what we mean, and we mean what we say, and that's all we do. We don't, we don't, give, we don't get into the netherworld, kind of like politicians. They get into the netherworld. One of the things that can drive you wacko listening to the news is if they try to talk to a, a politician and they say, uh, are you for this bill? They'll never answer it. They just talk and talk and talk, but they never answer the thing. And um, let's just have someone be yes and no. Are you for this bill? No. Yes, I am. End of discussion. But, but, but they don't play that game. They play the, the nether game where they, they're constantly going back and forth and um, you can't tell what they mean. And usually it's you know what they mean because they mean the opposite of what they're absolutely saying. And that's the one thing Jesus said don't do. Now, Let's move on from there and look at 1 Timothy 1.9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and the sinners, 
for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers and manslayers. So the law was created not for the righteous, but for those who are un, unholy and do and swear. By one of the ways we could look at that. Now, <clears throat> let's move on from there and go to chapter uh, verse thirteen. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Well, we can go to Mark chapter four, and I want to go to that. And in fact, I'm, I'm going to at this point I'm going to switch uh, switch Bibles, and I'm going to go to the New American Standard. So let's go to Mark chapter four, and we'll look at whoops, verse. 17. <coughs> Excuse me. The parable of the sower is, is one of the key, key teachings that Jesus did. He said, if you don't get this, you're not going to get any of them. And he, and he basically tells you that uh, when God sows the word, Satan's going to come and steal it. And he has five weapons that he uses to do that. Affliction, persecution, the deceitfulness of riches, uh, cares, worries, and anxiety, and lust, which is pressure on your five physical senses. So he's talking about affliction here. And look what he says in verse 17. He's talking about those who are sown, that were sown on rocky places. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, uh, affliction arises because of the word. Now, uh, let me see here. Let me find what I'm looking for. Here. I want to. I want to dig into that word affliction real quick. Let me pull it up here. Yeah. All right. Uh, affliction, hardship, tribulation. Um, <clears throat> Persecution, suffering, tribulation, trouble, uh, sickness, disease. When these things come upon you, it's clear that it's Satan trying to get the word out. So one of the things that we want to, as we go back to to um, James, go back to James again in 5.10, I'm going to go to uh, 5.13, I mean. Is any among you suffering? And then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. So, if you're under affliction, if you're on trouble, you need to pray. That seems to be uh, a no-brainer, but he's telling you that's what we need to do. So, what does that look like? Uh, if you go back, affliction is from the enemy, and it's here to try to destroy you. You can go to Deuteronomy 28, and you read the first 14 verses, and they'll tell you, that if you follow what God said, these things are going to happen. But if you don't, you're moving over into the enemy's territory. And from verse 15 to the end of the chapter, probably verse 65 along in that area, are the things that the enemy will give light, you'll give license to the enemy to do, which comes under affliction. Uh, read that. It'll, it'll, it'll shock you because that's you'll find out uh, what affliction is all about. Now, 
Let's look at singing. Let's turn to... I can't read my writing. I've got Psalm 500, verse 2. I don't think that's it. So let's go to Psalm 100, verse 2. Psalm 100 and verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Come before Him with joyful singing. <coughs> I'm not a singer. Uh, I don't like... I, 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 I sing. I sound good if I'm singing with a thousand other people or if I'm singing in the shower. I sound good. I don't sing much by myself. I don't. I, I just, I'm not good at it. I don't like it. And, but the Lord said to do it. And uh, He's not too concerned about the quality of, you know, if, whether you're Anthony Bocelli or not. Sing to the Lord. Let your heart rejoice before the Lord. That's what Psalm 102 is. Look at Psalm 105, verse 2. Let's just kick down a couple pages over. Psalm 105, verse 2. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, <coughs> and speak of His wonders. He's telling us to sing and sing of the things God did. One, I, one thing I have learned to do is, is I'll play songs that I like, and then I'll sing in, in the Spirit to them, because I seem to do better doing that, and then I know I'm saying the right thing. So uh, those are just some of the things that I do when He says, Sing to the Lord. Um, I'll play instrumental music, um, uh, um, classical music, jazz, something to that effect. And then I find I can pray in the Spirit to that music. Because that works for me. Now, you might be different, but sing to the Lord. He said to do that. Then he, then he says this in, in uh, let me go back to that, to that Scripture. Then he says this. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him. Now, um, I talked to our pastor about that, and I asked him, how many times have people called you and asked for the elders to pray over them? He said they don't. And it, one of the things that I found interesting about that. So the scripture is very clear about some of the things that we're to do, and, and we don't necessarily do them. Or if we do them, we don't do them very well. Now, let's look at some scriptures here. Let's look at, at um, Lamentations. Let me pull this up here. Uh, let's see here. Let me find my reference. Lamentations 2.19. Let's go to Lamentations 2.19. That's Jeremiah speaking about the, the terrible things that he has seen. Arise, cry aloud in the night at the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the life of your little ones who are faint because of hunger at the head of every street. Now, 
I like the part in here. Arise, cry aloud in the night, and raise your hands, pour out your heart like water. Um, he's telling you to praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Now, if you know anything about what Jeremiah was talking about, they were going through some really bad stuff. And it's interesting because we're going through and starting to go through some more bad things uh, in our country because of poor leadership. So, um, raise your hands in the night. Let's talk about that. Uh, let's go to Lamentations 3 and look at verse 40. And we'll look at 40 and 41. Let us examine and probe our ways, and let us return to the Lord. We lift up our heart and hands towards the Lord in heaven, or towards God in heaven. There again, lift up our hands, worship the Lord, tell Him thanks for what He's done, and uh, open your heart to the let the Holy Spirit start to work in your heart. Jonah chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Let's go look at Jonah. All right. The king, that is interesting. Jonah is one of my favorite people. Um, he goes, God tells him to go preach to these people, really bad people. They're, they're not nice at all. If you find out about the Ninevites and Sennacherib and some of the people that ran Assyria, they were, they were evil beyond what we thought. Uh, they're just terrible. And God wants Jonah to go there, so he, he, got, he, you know, he says, no, I, instead of going to New York, I'm going to San Diego. And he gets on a boat and heads away from there, and he ends up in a, in a fish's tummy. He gets spit out on land. He says, yeah, okay, I'm going. Now, in that process, uh, he does go, and he does preach to the people of Nineveh, 120,000 evil, wicked people. And listen to what the king says. He issued a proclamation, and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing, and don't let them drink water. Both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth, and let men call on God earnestly, that they may turn from his wicked way, from his wicked way, and from the violence which is in his hands. I'm telling you to pray. Let's turn to God. Let's let's do the things that God's asked us to do. Turn to Him in repentance, and they did repent. So, now turn to Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7. We'll run it up to verse 11. Look at this. Now this is Jesus talking. Ask what it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? 
Now, Jesus has talked, one of the things that we've been talking about, and if we go back to our, to our scriptures in, uh, in James, let me, let me turn back to that real quick. Is any among you suffering? Is he sick? And in verse 14, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. So, God has given us a way to deal with sickness. And if you go down, we have to get down into uh, verse 15. It says, and the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up if he's committed any sins. Um, Part of the issue that we run into is we don't necessarily do exactly what the Scripture says. We do what we think it says. It says here very clearly, Is anyone sick? He must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him. But we don't do that. I've not not been in a church that doesn't. I've been in a church where I could get people to pray for me, but I've not gotten into a situation where we've called the elders of the church. The elders are dealing with business things, administrative things, and other things. But this is not... Now, we have a, a dedicated prayer team. We have dedicated people that go out and pray for the sick. But the elders, I haven't seen that happen. That doesn't mean that it, it doesn't. I'm just saying I haven't experienced it. And I think we've got a lot of people that are sick. I, I have one, one of my favorite stories in here. Uh, this is a woman named Diane Huff. Uh, I read about her in a, in a magazine. Um, she and her husband are in their 50s. Uh, they've been believing God for years, and uh, one morning she wakes up and she's got a pain in her side, and, and to make a long story short, it leads to cancer. Uh, she uh, got into the Word, and she followed what the Scripture said. And her, her comment, I love the comment in there, she says, the doctor says I have this. I, the, all the tests say I have this. It's stage 4 cancer here. It's the cancer's in my kidneys, it's in my lungs, it's in my liver, it's in my cervix, it's everywhere. And it's stage four, you're going to die in a few months. And she says, but I've got what God says. Now, she grew up that way. She and her husband have been married, I think, 45 years. They've been that way their whole life. So this this isn't their first rodeo, but they had the ability to hang in there when people prayed with them, they hung on to the Word. And interesting, if you go to, to Mark chapter 5, and you'll see where Jairus's daughter was raised from the dead, you will see in there that when Jesus went in there, one of the first things He did was He called out everybody that didn't believe that He was there to heal them. Uh, he kept Peter, John, and James, and, and uh, the little girl's father and mother. Then they went in, and everybody else poo-pooed it. You know, they're having a funeral. All these things are getting ready to go, and they're not part. They don't have anything to do with what God said. But they hung in. Jairus and his mother, and his wife, I mean, her mother, hung in with what Jesus said, and the girl got healed. We read about healings like this. There's thousands of testimonies like this, thousands, and we read about them. But when it comes to our time, we don't do what they do. Uh, you can't, you know, 
one of my favorite stories is it was um, about the Super Bowl. If uh, if you look at Super Bowl quarterbacks, who do you want to know about winning a Super Bowl? Jay Cutler, who never won a Super Bowl, never won. A, I don't think he ever won a playoff game. Good quarterback, never won much. Or Tom Brady, who are you going to listen to? Well, I'm going to listen to Tom Brady. He's got seven Super Bowls under his thumb. I think he knows what he's doing. Now, who am I going to listen to when it comes to healing? Jesus said here, the prayer of faith will restore the one who's sick. Well, what does that mean? What does the prayer of faith look like? Well, go to Hebrews 11 and read verses 1. In fact, just read Romans 11, or Hebrews 11 and you're going to see it explains what faith is and what faith does. Are we going to do that? That's the question. Are we going to hang in and, and, and actually do? When I read about stories like this, is my response, well, I prayed for Uncle John and he died, so it must not be true. Or, um, I watched what Diane Huff did. I'm going to do what she said. I had a friend over in, in uh, Alabama uh, not far from here, Alexandria in Alabama, she got stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma. She just shut off everything around her and just started feeding in the Word. And feeding in the Word and surrounding herself with people that were believers and hung on to what God said. Guess what? She survived. Now, not everybody gets healed. We know that. But we want, I want, I'm still, not everybody wins the Super Bowl. There's a lot of great quarterbacks never won a Super Bowl. Fran Tarkington's won. He lost four of them, or several of them, I think. I think maybe two. The Vikings lost four, but anyway, neither, that's neither here nor there. So what we want to do, though, is find out what God said and hang in there when it, even when it doesn't look like it. Um, thank you for listening to me today. I, I'm kind of... Uh, hop skipping and around, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a thing we need to understand of what it said about swearing, what it says about trusting God. So, <coughs> excuse me, we're going to do that, and I'm going to close with prayer for you. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for everyone that's listened here. Help us to walk in faith as you would have us do, Father, so that the prayer of faith will raise the sick in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. Eu quero ser